Good morning, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of a Totally Arsenal podcast. I'm your host, Mornay, and my co-host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? It was a bit of a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde uh, week this week. Um, starting off, firstly, with Huddersfield. Game started, and uh, Mustafi never put the most confidence in me. Uh, they played a ball to him, tried to control it, and he controlled it first, first time to touch. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, no, is this going to be one of those games again? Yeah, it was really, you know, making a game heavy weather from a game that should have been, you know, a normal formality. Because, I mean, we were coming up against the bottom club and I was really expecting, you know, us to really give them a full blast and go at them. I, I think that's probably one of the, you know, besides maybe Derby, one of the most, the worst teams at the moment in the Premier League. That, like, you know, when Derby had the lowest point record, I think, when they got relegated. Yeah. I think Huddersfield is leading to that direction. A club that I thought last season had a lot of promise. Now at the moment, they you know they just look like a team that's waiting for the season to end and actually preparing for the championship. Uh, in the beginning, I think of the game first, maybe first one to eight minutes, it was you know a lot of Huddersfield coming towards us, coming towards us, and then I think the ninth minute, Ainsley Maitland now the nice step over played in Iwobi, who almost should have like you know maybe tried to eat the far corner. Then it decided netting, and I think you know Arsenal then started getting their groove from that moment on. Yeah, because I mean we started showing our like our upper end in the on that, especially on that uh, left flank of Iwobi, not Iwobi of Kolasinac, because I mean he was overlapping every time, getting the run on on the the right back of of um, Huddersfield. So I mean you could see the outlet was there, and I mean we kept on now you know peppering the or probing those pockets of space that we were getting. Until then, I think it was the 15th minute when Kolasinic, you know, as he does best, you know, getting down on the left-hand side, whipping in across, and uh, Iwobi with a deflected volley going in, Wendell Arsenal, and I think from that moment on, I thought, okay, arms folded, relaxing, how many are we going to score today? But I mean, we were again... You know, it's, it's something that's, you know, at, at times it actually becomes monotonous. It's like, again, no real cutting edge. I mean, we're showing, you know, little bits of, like little glimpses, but not really ruthless to the, you know, whenever we get the chances going forward. Because it's not like a lo- the longer we take to get that, like a type of killer second or third, okay, at the moment, the way we play, you can't even say second goal <laughs> is a killer because we normally still, you know, it's still then almost like a, a basketball game. You attack, I attack like it. So, I mean, and, yeah, go on. And, and for me, like, I, I can't even remember much in the first half after, you know, our first goal, which, like, obviously, besides, you know, when we get to it, the second goal, but I can't remember much in between where we actually, you know, were shocking Huddersfield, like putting pressure on, cranking the pressure and showing them we gonna go for top four and you guys are probably gonna get relegated so we're gonna punish you there was not there was no intent of that and we weren't like like you would say you know cranking up the pressure on them yeah it went like into a certain role because the battle became almost like a midfield scrap you know but you know i think we we Emery is almost like bringing at times this, this this sort of criticism look i'm not gonna go that over the top type of criticism but you know where he's Flooding the, the like a team, like our team that should be now almost like creative, but he's like flooding it with um, more defensive-minded players. You know that that's not going to give you that craft or guile to go forward. So it's not like now 
you have now an opponent that's already now you know playing for to save their, their life in the in the Premier League, and they almost like just flooding that that midfield, not giving us that, that option to pass through them and whatever. And that's where also we lack with that almost like that variety of you know that that killers not only through ball because look you're not really going to get through that that minefield of players or through ball, but even that, that that little lofted balls over the top that we should actually play more because look we've got the runners like Iwobi. Like I said, even Obama, they got the speed to burn, you know, if they need to go down the line or down the middle. And uh, I don't think we exploit that much when we play teams. I think Dennis Suarez should have started, in my opinion, and would have been a good, maybe a good place for him to have started. You know, not too much pressure on him. Wasn't going to be the toughest of games to play. Uh, so I think it would have been a nice place to get him started. But like you mentioned, Emre seems to know have a very stifling team at the moment, which, you know, is not going to make something out of nothing. It's, mm. it's a very, oh, like, you know, it was, it was a away game, but normally we'd expect to go there with more positivity to come then blow out this field out of the water. But then again, yeah. he, he does something like that and it goes wrong and fans are like, why are we playing so open away from home? So, you know, it's a bit of a catch-22 sometimes. I mean, we take the lead on what was it, 44 minutes, we start and play the ball out wide to yeah, Michael Niles. Michael Niles gets a quite a decent. I think the first shot was blocked. If I'm saying to be correct, yes. and then he got the second attempt. He fired the ball this time with more um, like precision and like as he just tapped the ball into the um, like a near empty net. Two one. Two no. And and for me, we actually did the the reverse. Eh? We normally conceding before half time, but for once we actually scored just on the stroke of half time. And then, I mean, after the, the break, you know, just when you think, okay. But it's all like whatever we normally think the opposite is happening. So <laughs> my mindset was telling me, okay, second half, we're 2-0 up. We're going to now press out like, the advantage for the third and whatever. And then, I mean, no sooner second half uh, started, uh, I think it was that Moy uh, of Huddersfield. He ended up almost like coming on the end of a Bakuna cross, which could have also caused us all sorts of problems. And I just thought to myself, I mean, the alarm bells already ringing that early, you know, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because the half just started, if I remember correctly, and then Koshalny almost had to, you know, had to sniff out the danger, you know, the large dish kind of tackle because they got behind the defense. And I think that boy chance you spoke about happened on the 49th minute when they were like, I just feel almost did a little Barcelona move, and then Ita 45 almost did the box, and Leno, luckily the player never got the clean strike to it, and Leno got down for the save. So it, it wasn't a convincing performance for me. You know, starting the second afternoon up, you would swear that we, you know, chasing the game the way I just feel they're putting pressure on us. And then I think on the hour mark, you know, now already it's still like a scrap, you know, uh, you know uh, like a boxing match, swing side to side. Uh, we managed to now get ourselves into the final third again. Kolasinac whips the ball into the Arsenal box. The ball gets, I think, half cleared. And then, I mean, you could see Lacazette is lining up to nod the ball into probably what could have been a goal. And then the substitute, El Nini, ends up hitting the ball wide of goal and like, almost like takes the ball off Lacazette's head. And, head. and I mean, you could see Lacazette was highly, highly annoyed. You know, I, I didn't, I think I maybe could have missed it, but what was the reason for taking Torreira off? Was it because there was, um, was he just, was he uh, injured? Was he become a knocker? I didn't see. Or was it just that to brought him on for Al Nenny? I, I just think at the moment he's almost like very 
using Torreira very carefully at the moment because look, he's playing almost like game after game. And I mean sometimes you can see any of that 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 you know that physical challenges there late on in games. You don't normally have clumsy type of tackles. You can see he normally will lay down extra long because I mean you can see it's almost like you know he took a knock, it's already fatigued plus that knock. So you don't really, you know, risk somebody of that importance really. And, uh, I mean I thought now with uh, El Nini coming on, you get now that some some injection of pace. But I mean, he's not somebody that's really gonna carry us forward. And, and I mean, when he does go forward, it's, you know, in fits and starts. And I mean, that's like you can see, he's also another guy that you, you see, you know, with one foot out of the door already at Arsenal. And in 69th minute, Henrik Mkhitaryan played a lovely ball to Iwobi. And then Iwobi, he did straight to the Huddersfield keeper. I feel that um, Iwobi, for me, is a good player, but that final, that final yeah. but in his game, is lacking. I mean, that should have been able to us. I don't like to compare what if they're like a Leroy Sane or maybe even a Sterling would have probably slotted it past the keeper, making the game 3-0 and it becomes a comfortable game. But Iwobi yep. seems to always, you know, miss those little, like his finishing touches to a move. You know, like my opinion of, of Iwobi is like, that guy's mind is like, you know, going 100 miles per hour when he's going down the flank. And you can see, he knows exactly how he's going to take you on, how he's going to, Pass and whatever, and it's almost like the minute he comes into that box, the big box, that's almost like when he goes through a type of either a, a, like a blackout or you know, almost like all that that stuff starts rushing through his head. So like he's got like, do I cross? Do I shoot? Do I you know take this guy on in the box? And you can see it's like all three things coming to, like culminates in his head, and then of course you end up with half hit shots or overheat crosses and stuff like that. That's why you can see a lot of times the frustration in players. Like with regards to him now, with like that, that, there was one thing also where I think it was first half, where it was also great work at him and Colasinos were doing, and then it came to that final pass, and then he toe poked the ball. It was like way too hard. Yeah. To yourself, if that was now well weighted. I mean, Colasinos was in, and I think we had like two or three on the overlap across the box. So I mean, that would have also probably led would have probably led to a goal because the way we were overrunning, I just will now with that we we're talking about the first half at that period that we had. But I mean, that is the only thing that I find really frustrating. And a lot of people that are fans of his get frustrated by that side of his game also because he just does not know. And I mean, you don't know what they're really doing in training. And I think sometimes I saw one journalist was a writer the other day. Not that I take all journalists' word to art, words to art, but there's sometimes it looks, one guy was saying, I think that Ornstein was saying, it looks sometimes like a, a holiday, you know, almost like summer holidays, the way they go about this stuff. And he said, like when you go to a, a like say a Man City training session or a Liverpool Man United, <clears throat> it looks like more more drilled, more you know less giggling, laughing, whatever. A more intent, hard you know a drill session. Whereas with us, it's like you like I said, you see this uh, you know pig in the middle stuff, overloaded and all that stuff, and then you see the, the training type of stuff, but you don't see that real intensity in the game. It's like you see them giggling, laughing with every shot, with every goal they score, they prancing around and whatever. And I think that is something that someone needs to also be eradicated over time. Because it, for me, it doesn't come off as really professional when you see that sort of things. I mean, I, I'm not saying uh, everything must be, everybody must be stone-faced. But I mean, you have to get into the, the zone. Because somebody was mentioning also on, I think it could have been Twitter, where they were watching them train. 
and you can see like you know when you in that that motion of or that that, that fitness coach training you 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 have to do it as if that guy is doing it as well and then you see them just the uh, was like fading off and then it's just like random like little arms in the air little you know not with a real intent and that's what i said that side that type of game and you can see that is where it also catches up to us in games all that little goofing around when it comes to a hardcore game and you're playing a, you're not playing a game, you're having a scrap against somebody like Huddersfield, then you can see where we, we are falling short. I, I think we never had that playing around much in the start of the season. I remember yeah. you sent me a few clips in the beginning of the season on YouTube, on YouTube where I was watching them train and it seemed like it was an intense um, yeah. affair going on. And I'm thinking, wow, like, you know, some people are saying it's the, toughest preseason they've ever had and stuff like that. And you're thinking, okay, you know, this is a good start. But I don't know what happened maybe in between where it went from that to now, like you mentioned, the laughing and going on and people taking videos and, you know, at training. Yeah. You know, it's like there's, there's no, you know, sometimes you need to put, you know, the fun aside and, you know, you need to put your head down and craft. And it's, it's actually... I don't know if that 22-match winning streak maybe went to the players' heads, but at the moment now, it doesn't seem we can like put a five-match winning streak together, or not the unbeaten streak, sorry. And now it seems like we can't even put like a six-seven unbeaten game streak now together. And I mean, like, like a little gripe of mine is also, you know, if you have that sort of attitude, then don't be floundering around for and six. No, you no, know? not at all. Yeah, so you'd rather, I mean, that's why, I mean, uh, I watch Man City, like when, when that guy is out, or that, uh, that the New York got a chance to watch it, a documentary on Amazon about them. Oh, yes, I did. I loved it. Actually, I recommend You know, whether it's coming off the field and it's like a draw, like, you know, at, at, like a drawn game or whatever, you see them like kicking door. I'm not saying you must not do that, but I mean, you can see it's like we cannot, as I'm like, they do not want to lose at any point, whether it's even dropping just two points. For them, they take it as a loss. And I think that is where you can see that that sort of mindset needs to seriously change. That's why I do hope in the summer we do bring players with, with that mentality of, you know, win, win, win like that. And if if we lose or if we draw, it's going to eat them hard, eat them, you know, make it, make it really, really hurt. But for me, it's like when you see the way our guys go about things, even like, look, this should have been like a, a for, I'm not, I hate the word now, but I mean, it should have been a formality. And I mean, we made heavy, heavy weather of it. And I mean, with what was it? Just in my mindset, I'm thinking, uh, or oh, no, not in my mindset, the commentator will say, yeah, Arsenal was struggling to keep clean sheets and stuff like it. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, who knows, maybe this is it. And I mean, the person's mindset wasn't even going that direction, right? And then I just saw, with like what third minute of of, of the fourth of, of yeah. time, we can't see the goal. And again, a moment where we like the midfield switch off, defense switch off, goal. And I mean the keepers again left, you know, floundered. Not not that it's his fault, but I mean the again, could have had a clean sheet there that goes also up in smoke. Yeah, look, we felt sorry for Huddersfield and they gave him that own goal of Kalasinic. It was sloppy, sloppy play. I mean Going to give confidence to the defense, and I mean, I don't think it, that that goal done cost you any justice because I think he was a rock at the back. You know, I, I know we were um, slagging him a bit. I wouldn't say slagging him, but we were criticizing him a bit on the pod. But he actually stepped up these last few yeah. games and showed, like, you know, 
what we've been missing. And now, like the commentator also said, you know, our Arsenal fans wish that another five or six years was knocked off his age at the moment. It would have been lovely to have him in the defence, you know, with someone else. But I also, you know, when I was looking around the Arsenal team and it seems like, I know this is maybe wrong to say, but it seems like the guys at the moment is content playing, mm. you know, in the Europa League as well. As, as maybe like I said, and Aubameyang could be players that could be you now threatened to leave if we don't maybe make it in the next year or two. But if you look at the, the guys around, how many of those guys can actually you know just walk into a Champions League side? And that's the scary part for me because we need the investment actually, and we need to make it somehow into the top four so we can, like you mentioned, bring in more winners in the team with winner mentality. Yeah, because look, we're in a, a situation now. Almost like what was happening three, four years ago, so be like a few years before that, is like the players know, the core of the players know, look, we're not really under pressure. In the start of the season, everybody was scrapping and whatever. So you saw, you know, grafting out, grinding out the results. But now it's like, look, say somebody like Iwobi knows, look, if I can give a so and so performance. There's only that sort of option as an outlet. And, and look, Mkhitaryan was not out for a while. So there is no real threat to me there. So, I mean, I'm going to have to play. And then you have, like, you know, also, like, like, look, okay, Ballerin was playing well. And then, of course, he got injured. Now we have Maitland-Niles and Liechtenstein. And at the moment, Maitland-Niles is hit and miss. And yes, Liechtenstein has shown that he's not really up to it. So there is already... Uh, you know, stand out like a sore thumb. Then you at the left-hand side. We can't really... Because, I mean, I would actually prefer Nacho on the, as a left-back. But at the moment, you have to use Colosinic. But, I mean, Colosinic is all good and well going forward, but he can't defend again. Because he's always getting... Not only out-fought, he's getting out-thought. Because it takes well, like five or ten minutes before people are already figuring out this his game. They see him so high up the field. And, I mean, they are exploiting that side every time when we are playing teams. Just watch... When the crosses are coming in, okay, if Lichtsteiner plays, they're going to exploit that side. But if it's just him playing and, and we're playing like Maitland now, they will try to attack always Colosino's side. Yeah, and he, and he leaves Montreal very exposed on his side when he plays, you know, as a wing-back. So then I know Montreal plays as, you know, that third centre-back role. But he gets kind of exposed and isolated every time because Colosino is, you know, having a holiday up front. And I think he needs to work on his fitness slightly because... Like towards seventieth, eightieth minute of the game, he yeah. just struggles to get back. Okay, so we switch our attention now to the Europa League game on Thursday night against Bate Borisov. A weight trip again to uh, the freezing side of Europe because I heard the pitch temperature was already minus one going into the game. Um, again, another result which should have been a formality turned out to be anything but that. And I mean, for me, I just want to make a point to our listeners, just to, and for you also to just think about. Did you know that Bate Borosov was still going through the preseason? This season comes starting now. And I mean, the way we play, I mean, of course, we're going to go through the game now, but I mean, the way we played, you would have thought the, the roles are reversed. Wow, that's quite uh, humiliating, actually, for a team well, to rock up um, I don't know if you heard, uh, if they mentioned in your match, but uh, Borisov are actually going to be spending now time, I think, next week in Colchester preparing for the Arsenal game. Because they are, as I said, they are still busy with their pre-season planning like, 
for the league season that's starting only in April? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm actually uh, lost for words. I knew, I, I remember, uh, I think I heard someone say this is actually their first competitive game in a while. Yeah. And and um, to to get out done like that, I mean, uh, I, 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 mean I have no idea. I mean, I was thinking. Um, look, if uh, you normally like, look, we watch the Arsenal play pre-seasons and stuff like that. You can normally see when you when you're coming back from from a league season and you know getting into the swing of things again. Players are normally tiring badly, so you have that that ten or whatever subs that they make in pre-season games. And I mean, physically, they looked up for it. I mean, from the get-go, I mean, they they did not look fatigued or anything. And I mean, the the, the tempo they played from the first to the ninetieth minute was almost like the same. And I know that the pitch didn't do us much favors, and we can't use that as an excuse. But, but like, I, I also feel our finishing letters down in this game with like I said as well, you know. And and all these things added up is culminating to something that's not actually a good atmosphere at the club at the moment. Because I mean, come on, to you know, go down against Partey Barisov in the in the Europa League for me after that was a foregone conclusion I just wanted to know how much we were gonna win by because mm. now it's like we put pressure on ourselves for you know Sunday against so the Southampton we play where we now we have to play our full strength team on Thursday. No but I mean like with, with regard to the, the like the pitch conditions I mean for me it also showed the lack of character that we have in the team because yeah, you know, if you know you're gonna play on a sort of pitch that's gonna like deteriorate after five minutes or whatever, which I, I mean, it looked like a mud patch after that that first five or ten minutes. That is where you're gonna need your players to think. Look, we cannot play intricate football passing game here, so we're gonna have to start hitting long balls. You know, try to keep that ball as much off that deck as as yeah. we can. I mean, you saw what happened. There was a moment in the game. I don't know if you saw even in the highlights packages where. Uh, Gwendozi takes the ball on. You can see he's, you know, he's got control of the ball. Then he takes a step back to, to you know, almost like uh, check his options. The minute he steps back, he slips. So I mean, he ends up on all fours, and the, the guy that that's pressing him takes the ball off and has a, a run and go. And I thought to myself, you see, that is where look, we, we are pampered. We have like London Colney, uh, you know, it's like a billiard table. Emirates also like a, you know, a new carpet. Yeah, I mean you have that sort of condition, but now you have you you have to come up into these, you know, hashtag cold nights in Stoke type of thing, and you have these sort of pitches, and then you can see they they do not know what to do, like uh, gameplay wise, whatever. Whereas I think even a team like say Liverpool, since we know their route one game is also spot on, they would have known now exactly. Look, we're not going to get through like you know with this fancy football. We're gonna have to, you know, roll up our sleeves and dig in and, and you know get some sort of the result. And I think that is where we did not have anybody, you know, the the, the like real crafters in the team. I, I think they also you must striker like Giroud as well, you know. Like we we took it, we you know took for granted how we could play with with him. Like you could play that long ball, you would hit it out, win everything in the air for you, hold the ball up, and we don't have it at the moment. And we, we seem to struggle when teams figure out how we're playing. We don't have a, a plan B. Mm. I mean, like, uh, uh, just back to that, that topic we're now discussing. The more intricate we tried playing, the more error strewn our game became. You know, like. After our passes were going haywire, it, yeah. it was terrible, actually. Uh, like, we couldn't, we couldn't find our players at all. It was either into touch straight away or 
I, I, didn't, I didn't know it. It, it looked, it looked, it looked shocking well, actually. At the expense of, like, I mean, if they, if we were trying to play so the long game, we weren't trying to play the long game going forward. We would try that long crossfield passes that get like either hitting to the crowd or look the minute the, the ball is not hit perfectly. The minute they hit that mud patch, it's almost like it starts shooting off like a like a you know a green cricket pitch. So yeah. we'll just end up shooting wherever. So you know that is where you needed more assured people on the ball, and that we did not have. I thought you know somebody like say Zaka coming back in would have you know been more assured and let on the ball. But I just think also mindset wise, that game I didn't think you needed that much holding midfielders in a game like this. No, 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 no. I I actually was shocked when I saw the starting lineup. I was like, really? Like, I thought we would try to go for the kills. It's for, for, for me, I'm thinking we're not playing the weekend. Players can play the Thursday, go full out, and they have a full Thursday to rest. Or maybe you get the job done with 3-0, 4-0. And yeah. the Emirates, you can come with, a, you know, maybe mix and match your squad a bit, get the players who haven't got much minutes that they felt on the field, and you get the crowd behind them. And it can be a comfortable game, but now it's going to be a derby affair. I know I'm going to be biting my nails when this game is happening. I mean, my, like my take on, on the game, my prediction, because some people were asking me my prediction of the game, I was thinking 4-1 Arsenal, because I already thought we would see, like, you know, the same way we saw off Karabakh, we saw off Borskland, I thought that was the sort of performance we were going to get, and it didn't come anywhere close to that. I think we played, like a we played with a stronger team. Yeah, I, I, I think um, the, the, there's, there's almost, like, almost two different arsenals now. The one that we saw from the start of the season till December and from December till now, it seems like two completely different teams. Mm-hmm. Like, I had this confidence and I would even say a bit of air of arrogance when Arsenal was playing. Like, I know we're going to win. We go one all down. I'm like, okay, we're going to come win. back in a matter of time. But now it's like, I don't know what's happening. I'm, I'm a nervous wreck watching these games. No, it's not like they 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 grown too much into their own hype type of thing. Because now it's like we go a goal down, then you know it's going to be a labour affair. Because it's not like it's free. Like as you said, now that that before you knew, you had that arrogance. Like yeah, we're going to get this. We might even get all three points or whatever. Yes. He threw this like you know with a tie. But now it's like the minute we go a goal down, it's like you know, oh, this is going to be uphill now. For, for me again in this game now as well, Colosina's stupid goal conceded. And, and when do we do it? On the stroke of half time once again. Yeah, because I also thought it. Um, like the freaky comes in and yeah. of Dragon needs in. And I mean, if Colosina showed a bit more intent, I think he yeah. would have on the ball. But the minute he saw that guy is rising above him, he just put his head down. Instead of, you know, somehow getting head or face or whatever in the way, he just now thought, ah, oh, it's okay, I'm dodging this one. And and we go one all down. And I don't know what's going on at like before half time. Oh, the players fatigued. Or do they just think it? Think about going into the half time. Um, no, I mean, look, Aiden, you've played football as well, and then um, I played football myself. You know, everybody knows it's the first five and the last five you're going to concede, or you you're prone to concede. So yeah. why not? You know, really be switched on. But you don't have any players, you know, telling them look. Focus now, guys. I mean, sometimes you see Gondosi showing them, like, you know, he points to his head and he gestures to them, like, you know, to focus on it. But you don't see it, like, from the rest of the team. And that is where, you know, we lack, that's where we lack the leadership. I know you, uh, Emery said about the, what's it, the five captains. <laughs> I don't see anything. Because, I mean, Czech was there. He's not really commanding. Though. If he is commanding, nobody's listening to him. And Kosielny is also not really marshalling the defense. And that's why 
you have a situation that played out against Man City where the defense never knew they were all over their place like within like 60 seconds of the game. So I mean, where is the, the mindset? You know what scared me now is you're telling me a 19-year-old is telling the rest of the squad to stay focused. <laughs> and I <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, I, I just glad Socrates, you know, he's back in training yeah, and should be I, back I, in the squad. I was telling her for the other day, you know, I'm actually glad. I mean, okay, we took this down the chin for this game. But I said, you know, thank goodness that, I mean, look, he was already like in full training, I think, last week already. And I, I, I just don't know why they, now, look, I, I think they just didn't want to now, you know, push it too much. But look, he should now be fit now, second leg. So I think. Like, as we now slowly, I mean, okay, we still have to you know, touch on certain few topics, but I think second league, I mean, you're going to probably see a more solid defense because, I mean, it's not like he, I mean, he just came in other season, but I mean, for me, he's more Mr. Dependable and Mr., you know, the leader, you know, like a true leader on the field. And I mean, um, just going back to the game now again, corners and free kicks were terrible. I mean, yeah. I think I only counted, I think, later on when Suarez came on, he was getting s some corners, like, you know, to go over the, like, past the first man, or the first post. But, I mean, other than that, I saw some, like, I think Xhaka hit the ball, and it barely got to even to the first post. Torreira, he was getting cleared already by the f the first post, or, or even by the, like, Shinite. It was, like, I don't know. Maybe it could have been the footing, the corner areas that were, because, I mean, I, I did see there was, like, no grass in the, the corner flag here, it was like it's like just mud. So I think it's like some people were probably scared, you know, when they were the planting foot, you know, of they're putting too much effort in in case they slip or you know the leg buckles or whatever. So I don't know. But that was for me that I found shocking. And then Emery then brings on Aubameyang and Torreira on for Michael Niles and Xhaka, respectively. Um later Dennis Suarez came on as well. But I mean all three subs also as the game like was going on. It had no real impact on the game. I mean, I saw nothing. I really thought, okay, they're going to put some sort of injection in this game that, you know, can maybe edge it now our way again. But, I mean, I saw nothing. It was really toothless performance here also with the subs. Yeah. I did ask you, um, like, when do we start, you know, waiting for Dennis Suarez to do something? You know, I'm not, I'm not um, having a goalie team right now. Obviously, he's having just substitution. I know. Cameo just, but, yeah. like, it's just going actually through my head. I, I just didn't message you the other day, but I mean, now that we're now on the podcast, yeah, I mean, I was actually looking and I'm thinking, dude, you're running through blind alleys here. So what are you, what, what <laughs> your role exactly? Because I don't know if he's not, you know, fully gelling this team yet or he doesn't know his place yet in the team. But you see, I, I thought it was going to be, he's coming in, eating the ground running, but now it's almost like, like what worries me is look we're now already closing in on end of february and we've yeah. got like almost like, a, like say three months or so now just just over three months of him still being at the club because look you don't also know whether he stays on or he is yeah. back again so i mean i don't know really what to make of it i mean maybe he needs as you said maybe he needs a start where you can actually now see look look you now on the big stage now it's not anymore of you coming in with us either drawing a game or, or like winning a game, but you know, a game that's like, you, like, be, like winding itself down. So now, I mean, maybe I think, as you said, I, I fully agree with you. I think maybe he needs to 
So you start on Thursday night, look, it's home game already. So, I mean, you should be, you know, like fired up. But I mean, also just to see how he can take grip or, you know, yeah, grab hold of a game and let's see how he dictates it. Because look, he's supposed to be a creative player. So, I mean, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Let's see, you know, if he now does that. Because my worry is, you know, and I could, you know, at the end of the season, look back in this comment and I could be, could be horribly wrong. But maybe a guy like Persich would have actually, you know, actually got in our favor getting him now and experienced the vigil coming to, you know, England, Premier League. And can even, could he, I don't know if he could play in the Europa League because I know they got demoted down. But if, if he could have come in and he could have had a, uh, you know, and could go for the last um, bit of the season. Because I know he, he seems like a player who like, takes the game with a scruff of the neck. And we don't have it at the moment. So I'm hoping Dennis Suarez actually steps up now with the upcoming games to come. Because um, in this team at the moment, we can't have passengers. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, I've got like two questions for you. I mean, it could be now we can roll it into one or whatever. But I mean, I'm, I've got like these two points I want to make to you. Okay. Um, with regard to the Ozil Emery debacle, you know, it's becoming almost like now a distraction because it's not like you're seeing more of that now. You know, something like that's almost like, almost like overpowering what we talk as like as a club of what we're doing as a club, like result wise, performance wise. But now something like that is not taken over, almost like it overshadows now everything, it seems. And like that's another one thing. And then the other point I also want to make is. What do you think of this all of a sudden this this hate that, that Emery is getting? I mean, I, what I don't get is the guy is about half a year in the job. He's there now also summer. He's had now more or less you can't really say even a transfer window to talk about because Muslim Tat and Raul Samnehi, they did the transfers for the first part of the, the season. Second part was just that loan of Dennis Suarez, which he somehow advised to uh, to get it over the line. But I mean, other than that, I mean, I find it really bizarre that you have some Arsenal fans like talking already of Emery out and stuff like that. I mean, I first thought it was a joke. I first thought it was a bad joke. But now, I mean, you see people are actually, you know, really, you know, pressing on something like that. And I find it utter, utter ridiculous. I also find it ridiculous that you, you, you're judging somebody that came in with a very, very unbalanced squad. This Arsenal team he got inherited wasn't the like the likes of even what the Pep Guardiola got at City. There was no Sergio Aguero up front, uh, Kevin De Bruyne, David Silva, or you know Liverpool when they had Coutinho and all those guys. So he, he's gotten a squad, and I just want to give you a, a fact compared to, compared to um, Jurgen Klopp. Um, first um, 24 Premier League games, Jurgen Klopp only got 39 points. Una Emre got 47 points. It's two points behind what Pep Guardiola had at, after 24 games. And more than um, Pochettino and Mourinho when he joined United and Pochettino at Chelsea. So he's ranked third behind Conte and Guardiola after the first 24 games. Um, I think it's probably over the recent probably five, six seasons. Yeah. So... That gives you an indication, and um, Guardiola also ended fourth in his first season, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Yeah, they were not. And 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 they never won any trophies, or could have been was it the Carabao Cup that they could have won. Yeah, uh, Aiden, this is where, where I was also mentioning for you, like over the course of the season or even beyond, is that this is the, the the sort of poison chalice that 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 
social media brings to to football also because i mean it's all good and well everybody's swapping opinions and, and things like that but i mean to go from zero to 100 with with a sort of knee-jerk reaction of oh yeah we want this 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 manager out i mean if you think the sort of transition we had from george graham to bruce rioch to austin wenger bruce rioch was doing i mean he was almost like a, a figure that players just tolerated him but i mean you can see with emery players actually learning they're having a, a more tougher, uh, you know, like a, a sort of graft of themselves. I mean, we're not perfect, that we know, as we now transition. But, I mean, other than that, if you compare the, the, the two sort of changeovers, you know, Emery, it actually looks brighter with that. So, I, I think, more be, before, you know, jumping the, the, the ship, because, I mean, look, the fan base is already split at the moment, the way it's now playing out, with, with you know, some almost like backing the player, some backing the manager. But I mean, for me, and I mean, I'm sure for you, and uh, probably the majority of Arsenal fans, we want what's best for the club. So we're going to stick to whatever. The same way we stood by Wenger with certain decisions that he made, even though some stuff we disagreed with, but you're going to stick by the manager, like not by the manager, but what the club finds best, you know, what at the moment is now entwined now. So, you know, what Emery goes for at the moment, I'm fully supportive of. I mean, we knew it's not going to be a honeymoon period where, you know, we're going to go and we're going to, you know, win things and whatever. People also have to think realistically of things. This is not like football manager or a FIFA game. This is now real football. And I think that is where we should also, you know, give him his time. Let him have like that win, like another window and and even like the January window for the for next uh, next year. Yeah, people forget that he, he came in not May at Arsenal. And he only had two July season started. He only had two months to try to fix uh, a, a very much broken squad, like oh. you know, low team morale, everything. Because last season, I think with Wenger was was probably one of the worst as an Arsenal fan, where the way things petered out, it was like watching a team that had no excitement or energy to to play towards something. Because over previous seasons, we were normally fighting for. Uh, a top four spot or we had the FA Cup final waiting for us even like that season where Ram just scored the winner against Chelsea we were out that we never in the top four but we were fighting for top four still till the last day and then we won the FA Cup final to look forward to but now like the season before it was there was nothing to play for so there was no motivation in the side anything like that so Emre had to pick all of that up and now fans are like one Emre out or it. it's, it's, yeah. it's way too early to decide if after two and a half years, three years, we at the same place we are, like when Emre took over, then yes, maybe Emre out and we need a, a, a new uh, a new manager. And with regards to, oh wait, and, and, and at least we haven't gotten like a, a really humiliating of a 6-0. I know we got a, a hiding against Liverpool, but the, the 6-0 against City, I mean, we gave a good account for ourselves when we played them. Mm. And with regards to the Uzo thing, you know, a part of me, I, I know it's the right thing to do is to sell him, but a part of me knows that, you know, the guy is world-class and I don't know, I, I would love to keep him at the club, but for someone who's earning on, on 350k a week or you know, in that region, he is doing absolutely nothing, like zero and it's becoming a liability. I mean, if you're paying someone that amount of money, you would expect him to turn up week in, week out. And 
I, I think we made the wrong decision. You know, by letting Sanchez kind of go. I know he wanted to go, but yeah. if you had to tell, if you had to let Uzel go and add three fifty onto what Alexis Sanchez was earning, I'm sure Sanchez would have been happy to stay at the club. And you know, with the likes of Obama Yang and Lacazette playing with Sanchez, I think we could have had a much more threatening side. So I, I think we may need to let Uzel go and and bring someone with more big match temperament. Mm. And, um, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. And one thing I want to ask you, actually, is um, I read, you know, you know, these rumours and stuff like that. Mark Overmars spoke and he said, you know, he would be, you know, Alexis Sanchez coming back to Arsenal wouldn't be such a bad thing. What what, or what would you think of doing a deal like that? I mean, <clears throat> like, I'm not giving, like, a straight-up honest opinion. I mean, I just think with Alexis Sanchez... Had he stayed with Arsenal, I think it could have still grown, you know, that that what we saw of him. But I think we got the best that we can out of him. And I think now United are, took a player on who's now also like in that waning part of his career. I mean, I, I, like, I, I just think it could have been also with the move, the mindset and whatever. But I think I was, I was really expecting a sort he would not up his game. Even now with, with now under two managers at United, I thought he would have now somehow changed the like you know his mindset and that but it's like you do you don't you don't see that fire that he had against you know like with arsenal i mean he might yeah he might have scored in that fa cup game but other than that he's he's, he's always like anonymous yeah so I, I think we got the best out of it like out of him i just i still think we should have rather take the money instead of the you know the player swap thing because i think you know it will win Odds on that we and I've got the better side, a uh, better part of the deal. But I mean, that being said, you know, as frustrating as Mkhitaryan can be, he actually does sometimes, you know, add a little spark or whatever to our game. Whereas if you watch now Man United games, he does not like. I mean, he just plays in his shell, and you don't see anything really creative of him. That he, you know, that you all know that explosive type of Alexis Sanchez. So yeah. As for that, what as for you, just to reiterate on that question that you now asked me, no, I wouldn't take him back. But I mean, like I said uh, in our discussions a few days ago, I my mindset is now more set on players 2022 20, to 27. And that is how we should be planning the squad now. And let that team, in the, with, you know, with players of that that, that age group, the teams are growing together with, you know, the rest of the squad. Because look, Torreira just turned now 23. You've got. Uh, Torreira, I'm uh, sorry, Torreira Quintosi, that's now what, 19, going to be 20. So, I mean, you've got now a nice core starting to build up there. Now you need to also freshen up. Defense needs to be, you know, uh, spread across. And I, I think there's some rumor, I mean, I'm not, I don't, don't, don't uh, quote me on it really, but I mean, there's a rumor going around also that Emmy Martinez could be given that number two slot for next season just to see how he's going to cope as a number two because, look, he's been always a number three for Arsenal. Never really given the opportunity. But they said he's almost like helping Reading now stay into the in the championship. He's now played a couple of good games also for them. Been quite solid, I've heard, like some reporters were saying. So, you know, let's see. I mean, he could now have probably the, the, the preseason where he will have it because I know Arsenal now have promoted that, that youngster, Ilyev, so like an Eastern European kid. He's now as a number three at the moment there. Because I think it's like a, was it Leno Chick and that Ilyev is now there as the number three, and then I think that Ilyev keeper probably be now as the number three or 
we might then look maybe for a, a you know very experienced goalie. But I think the, the the word coming out is Emmy Martinez might get that number two slot just for next season, just to see how he handles things also as being a number two. I wonder if we would keep check on as a goalkeeping coach or you know assisting in that department. Nah, Chow already offered him an ambassador job and a goalkeeping job. So I think look, the thing is he joined us, but I think his heart is still set with Chelsea. I think they I mean you saw how they had that reception also when we played Chelsea. They I mean yeah. they still love him. He's still almost like one of these. So and I think that is also one thing also that, that look, he only moved to us because of the London thing. And his kids were cancelled. Yeah. That's the only thing. I think he would have probably moved elsewhere if, if not off, like if his kids were now not set in London. And so it was like a David Platt kind of thing, you know. Yeah. He, he was an Arsenal player, but he, he never loved the club really. Yeah. So, so like, a, I mean, of course, he's a professional, but I mean, I just think his heart is more set with Chelsea. And I think he probably will take. I mean, I'll be very surprised. And I mean, I'll put up my head if I'm wrong. I'll, I'll be very surprised if he now does not go back to Chelsea because look, they want him there, and Abramovich is also a big fan of his. So, yes. uh, uh, so we after Leo Winger as well. What's his name? Is it, oh, I can't get to his name now. I read an article because apparently he's doing quite well for Leo, you know, helping him for that second oh, that place. Guy, we've been mentioning it, that Pepe guy. Pepe, Pepe guy, yes, that's his name. Pepe, yes. Yeah, I haven't seen much of him play so. I, I would be a fan of maybe of of of, of you know having a, a a winger that actually gets choked on his books and takes players, but I don't know you know what type of winger he is. But apparently, what I've read up on him, he would be a worthy addition because my only stress and worry is, what player do we sign to Arsenal to get us you know to that next echelon of, you know, of teams again? Just to answer that, I, I was thinking of that exact words, and I know what you were saying like now. What you said now. When I was watching that Tottenham game against Dortmund, and you know that sort of player, I think we lack. And I mean, I mean, and I'll just mention, go through a few names now, or not, 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 not that we can get, but the mindset. You know, someone like Xhaka, I don't think we need because look, he can spray pass and that, but he doesn't have speed. He can't really like his recovery is slow and that. And then I watch people like um, that uh, Sissoko of Tottenham. Yeah, you know, I think he's nothing flash. But he's there to put himself in the way and break up play. That's all he does. I watched Axel Witzel against Dortmund. I mean, oh, people yeah. got overrun there by Tottenham at the end. But I mean, he was dictating play, staying on the halfway line. I mean, if need be, you push up to the to the opposing third. But other than that, you're going to see him halfway line or by the defenders or shielding the defenders. Then you got something like Fernandinho. You watch that, the way that but masterstroke of Guardiola that he was playing as a holding mid and then as a centre-back all the time, just dancing in between the two positions. And I think that is the sort of player that we are missing. That that sort of, you know, uh, they don't have to be a flash player, but we need somebody that has that, you know, because for me, Torreira, to a degree, he's more box-to-box player. You can't really limit him to that, that you yeah. know, older the, his line in that, or shield the defence. Or if, 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 if I can throw Arsenal listeners also back to the days of Gilberto, the days of Vieira before he became like a box-to-box player, or even someone like Emmanuel Petit. Yeah. They were players, they would shield that defence. If they see, okay, we're going to get overrun here, all of a sudden that back four became a back five because that Petit would then sit in that middle of that that, that uh, defence, that four-man defence. And that is where we are lacking at the moment. We do not have that. So you have that, that, that big void between 
defense and midfield or the defensive midfield. And that is where we are always oh, just watch in games now. That is when we get almost like dismantled in the middle of the park. That is exactly where teams are exploiting it against us. We just do not have that. That gap has never fall. Just watch every time. I mean, it's not something you can analyze yourself, even on old video, old games of highlights packages. Just watch that gap between the back four of ours or back three of ours and that, that last man in our midfield that's supposed to be protecting. Just watch that gap. And that is where everybody is punishing us. You know, uh, I don't know if you saw this video clip on um, YouTube, but the they asked the United team of you know the class of '92 to give their you know Premier League all-time eleven, and my heart broke listening to this because the goalkeeper they obviously could have, they had to exclude United players to avoid bias, but yeah. for me they they went for goalkeeper David Seaman. They said you know if you would score past David Seaman, you would be a, a class player, but. For me, we don't have that anymore. We don't have a a, a world class keeper to mm -hmm. pull the shots, and we haven't had that, you know, since kind of Jens Lehmann um, yeah. left. You know, Peter Cech was um, was good, but we got him, you know, at the end of his um, career. Then they spoke about, you know, the defense. Um, unfortunately, no Arsenal players m m made the defense, but they were like a heavy debate for who they should go for right back. With yeah, thinking of Lee Dixon. And then they were thinking of centre back, you know, um, having Tony Adams there before they were Pippa Zabaleta and Vincent Company. But that, and then we go to the midfield where they were debating whether they should have Robert Perez on the wing. And then they chose uh, Patrick Vieira as your um, centre mid, and they were fighting over whether they should put Petit in. And then up front we had Henri, and then they debated about Burkham. But why I'm bringing this up is because if you look to our current um, squad. How many of our players would ever be debated even about mm. being put on a Premier League all-time or even the over the last two seasons? None of our players stand up actually right. and would make it into a team like that. And that scares me as well. And I mean, like, where, where you think you've we've turned the corner, say, against like Tottenham, and then you think, as I mean, I think we mentioned in the other podcasts also, where... Just remember that was like a, a straight-out shootout, no? For for when we when we played Tottenham at at the Emirates yeah. in, the, in the Premier League, and we beat them. And then you thought to yourself, okay, now to build from that, and yet from that point on, Tottenham have progressed and we have degressed. And we actually see now how far Tottenham of the title. I know it's far-fetched, but if they go and beat United, I mean City, and they go beat Liverpool. And both those teams will have to go to Old Trafford. Spurs can actually go on top. <laughs> they actually close the gap so much that they could go on top if they actually beat City and Liverpool. Both of them are at Anfield in the Etihad, so it's you know it's still not still very far fetched. But look how far they brought themselves back into the title race. And you know the two of us, I know we were talking and saying you know Harry Kane's out, Dali Ali's out. We're going to see you know Spurs are going to probably you know drop off some points, but this. <laughs> I know they are rivals and stuff, but I have to take my hat off for them. For Luca, they they're fighting it. They they're playing against a top Dortmund team. I know they're struggling a bit in Germany at the moment now, but Spurs went there without Harry Kane, and the Son guy put up his hand and said, "You know, I'm gonna lead the line while Harry Kane's gone." And players are stepping up, putting their hand up, and they didn't sign one player. And you know, I think the, the problem with us is we've got the, the team. I mean, I don't know if it was now, you know. The mindset, say, of the previous regime, but it's like we've got a, a bunch of players. When things are not going right, 
their heads drop and they feel sorry for themselves. And that is almost like a killer for us at the moment. Because for me, it's, it's like you should, you need to, you know, that, that sort of performance that we gave against Liverpool at, at, at the Emirates when, 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 you know, we almost like had to fight to get back in this game. That sort of performances have now, as we turn into the new year, like we've gone in the new year already, it's like few and far between where you're going to see that sort of, you know, where they turn up. Like, look, we saw them the way they played against Chelsea. Then you watch the way they played the week before Chelsea and the week they played after. There's never that that consistency, you know, that where we can now say, wow, they're now going to go on this, as you said, that, that sort of unbeaten runs or whatever again, or winning runs. You just don't see that. And that is where it's not... Uh, like, I don't know, that mindset somehow has to change. And I, you know, I think it's also going to be with that, as we talk of the, the transition with the players, as as that players of the Wenger year gets folded out and then other players get... Because I think the only player of the Emery period is going to be folded out to somebody like, say, Lee Stein or whatever. But I mean, other than that, I think more players with character will then come in. You know, people that, that, that are almost like, like, yeah, probably unpopular, like... Somebody like, say, Mustafi at the moment, there's a talk of him leaving. And then, of course, you've got uh, people like, you know, that are just happy with his situation, not really going to fight for anything like your Ozos, your your El Nenis. And that, with that, that uh, mindset also gets faulted out, faded out. You're going to have a sort of new, you know, hopefully a new breed of player that's going to be young, hungry, and that desire to, you know, put all on the line for honours. Yeah, but I think... Uh... We'll throw a line to our podcast now. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, I just want to make a few notes uh, before we end off. Um, as I was telling you back personally, um, I was thinking of at one point also having, like, you know, with, in due course, uh, you know, having a live event maybe once a month or something like that. And then also, um, we are. Aiden and myself are thinking also about eventual name change. So, I mean, maybe we can have something where the fans can maybe also, you know, throw their ideas into the, you know, that, like with regards to a name or name change. Um, also, I want to add, um, also maybe get some more feedback from listeners because, I mean, we appreciate people listening and that to us, but, you know, sometimes it also helps us if you guys can also, you know, either if it's an email to us or a tweet to us or whatever, you know, just to give us feedback, whether it's pros or cons. I mean, look, we also here to learn and not to, to grow. So, I mean, whether it's good or bad or whatever, you know, feel free to contact us just so, like, so that we also know, you know, the people that are listening to us and whatever. Because, I mean, we would really, really appreciate it. And, I mean, um, Aiden and I also been thinking about whether we keep up with a one podcast a week or... If, if people want us to do, like, say, two a week, we're also open to that idea. But, I mean, as I said, feedback would help so that we know where we stand. So, I hope you guys have a great weekend. I mean, Premier League free this weekend, but let's keep our fingers crossed. We get more players back from injury, and we can be all set for next Thursday night when we take on Bate Borisov, and let us see that we can finish off the job there, finally. Thanks, guys. Uh, in, enjoy the the weekend and uh, hopefully by the time we communicate with you guys again we'll be through to the next round of the uh, round of 52 bye